0: heard GTM Innovator guests talk about silos, but you've never really dug into what silo syndrome is, or really how to know when you have it and why that might be. So today we're exploring the role of RevOps and what they can do to bring your teams together, as well as the technologies that they would be using to make a lasting impact. Thanks for tuning in for another great discussion on GTM Innovators. Let's dive in. I'm so excited to be joined by a longtime RevOps expert Jen Iguartha. She started as a marketing automation consultant at Blue Wolf and is now the CEO of Go a revenue operations company that's been helping SaaS companies break down silos. Welcome Jen.
1: Thank you for having me. I love the beginning and ending. Uh Blue Wolf feels like a long time ago, but it is where <laughs> I started.
0: Yeah. Well, it's good to know where you you come from because we learn a lot of stuff along the journey.
1: 100%. And
0: I think we're going to get into one of those really key things you've learned and you're really helping counsel a lot of companies on that I have not heard discussed in the way in which you discuss it. So very excited. I'm looking (laughs) forward to this discussion because you're really bringing a RevOps perspective that we haven't covered on this series in enough depth yet. So before we dig in too deep on the core topic, can you just start by giving us your definition of what revenue operations is?
1: Yeah, do you mind if I start with a metaphor?
0: Oh, please, that'd be okay. great.
1: So, cause I think it gets really labored over. I think the terms like RevOps and ABM and PLG, they just get super fuzzy. And so for me, it's, it's really quite simple. Imagine we're not selling tech to anyone, we're making a movie. And we need to make sure that our actors are putting on the best movie for our mm-hmm. audience. Our actors are our go-to-market team. They're our sellers, our marketers, our CS team. And we want to make sure that they can create the best movie possible for our audience. We're in the background. like We're the directors and, and the script writers and everything. Everybody that's on strike. That's who we are. And <laughs> we're on strike. Um, but we're all the people in the background trying to make sure that our go-to-market team shines. And I think that that makes it super clear because our customer, like it's still the audience, right? Like we're still trying to create a really amazing movie and we're still trying to sell the most box office tickets, but we're doing that by making sure that our go to market team is is in a really really lovely place mm-hmm. that they're that they know the script that they're trained up that they have the skills that they have all the props everything that they could possibly need and i think that gives me like it makes it really clear for me right because sometimes we get a little bit fuzzy about whether or not we're a support function or whether or not we're here to just remove clicks we're not we're here to make a movie
0: love that Love that, and different parts come together in the script. As I, I do love this analogy, right? Because you can play around with the idea of revenue operations. It is you know you're looking at the traditional sales operations function within there. You're yeah. looking at a business systems function within there. Totally. You're looking at a marketing operations function within there, and each of those are the directors, the producers, everybody that that comes together. Yep. And even if you call it support, I still think we got to realize that revops is one of the most strategic functions within the business because as as you uh, so well put it with this analogy you don't get anything on film and it's right. definitely not as high quality if you don't have an amazing behind the scenes cast so absolutely love that really appreciate that framing and let's go into this a little bit because you know as you see this, right, you've, you've given us this analogy to frame around where there are silos, right? There are different role types. There are different holistic departments, right? There could be a red org over here, a marketing org over there. What Mm -hmm. is silo syndrome and why have you seen this become prevalent, or what is the impacting factors of it?
1: Okay. I love this question because it's actually why I started Go Nimbly. It's the thing that piqued my interest. I didn't have the word for it, but when I started in marketing automation, it was like anything that I did was affecting other systems, was affecting the sales team, any small change I made. And, yeah. and it's what kind of piqued my interest. Why is it that these two teams that should be so aligned have so much friction? And that's, that's what uh, – I think that was one of the pivotal – points in my career where I was like, ooh, this is interesting. This is different. Hmm. And I read about a gentleman. His name's Phil Ensern, and he's the person that came up with the term functional silo syndrome, and he was the – I have his title – Corporate Director of Organization Development at Goodyear Tire.
0: So, oh, wow. Different company, terrible, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. He's, he's an important guy. Um, and he went around to different Goodyear locations and teams, et cetera, and he was trying to figure out – how they worked and he was like fascinated by that and he called it silo syndrome because in that he drove around the country and he saw silos and he's like oh that's a lot of what it feels Mm -hmm. like these teams working in their own silos and the the description here is um there's typically a lot of alignment within the vertical right if each silo is vertical they can talk to each other. People are very good at organizing within their own team. It's not typically that you hear about a lot of misinformation and, and difficulty within the marketing team. It's typically across. Like we're just really bad at communicating vertically. I'm sorry, horizontally between silos. And then there's also a lot of, you know, uh, top down is typically very easy. Bottom up is harder. And So these are things that we kind of know as people, but it's it, I explain this because it's normal. Like humans are just very good at aligning within our own teams and our own silos. But the the curious problem here is um, when he says that somebody a company that is is dealing with a ton of of silo syndrome, you're gonna see people running away from organizational problems. You're gonna mm. see people blaming. You are gonna see no common goals and and not sharing in that. Um, a lot of top-down, heavy top-down communication, no horizontal communication, narrow job design, a lot of specialization, uh, information hoarding, lack of collaboration, all these things that anybody listening is probably nodding. You have some of them, a lot of buzzwords, mm-hmm. misalignment between each other, internal competitiveness, all these things that are icky and, and make our company, you know, uh, our, our work harder, but normal. We just have to combat it. It's, it's very normal.
0: Yeah, and it feels like even if, even if you're operating with the best intentions, mm-hmm. these silos happen. Yeah, and it's uh, I think it's a good way of thinking about it is like what is the recipe to combat this? What is sure. the what are the points of understanding that we have to have to make sure that uh, as you've shared it with me before, there is expertise necessary within silos. Mm-hmm. So you need that. Yeah, but you got to. Combat the friction that can bubble up, yeah, so what role do you see revOps playing in bringing the teams together and addressing this silo syndrome?
1: yeah because um you know when we talk about what is revOps or or what it looks like we get, we have a lot of content around that, but remember that the why that it exists is just because there's silo syndrome like that 's why we exist we the The RevOps is the solution or one of the solutions to this problem is that Mm -hmm. we have a team that is across all these functions that are going to have natural silos. I don't need my marketing team, my CS team and my sales team being one team. I need them specialized. They have different skills and they have uh, different roles. So that's why RevOps exists is to try to break these down to have that holistic approach, to be thinking about the impact of different teams so that when the sales team requests, hey, I wanna know the last time someone logged into my platform, I'm also thinking about how marketing is using that data or how CS might use that data and I'm implementing the right solution for everyone. So it's uh, it's interesting that we sometimes um, start to plug in RevOps and we're just like, it's a strategic function. It's like, yeah, but why is it necessary? it's really Mm -hmm. hard to align these three teams and they should be allowed to run on their own. Like we got to give them space to specialize.
0: Yeah. And so as they specialize, right, if RevOps becomes the factor of truly understanding what each part of the organization is trying to accomplish, how have you seen great RevOps leaders and teams practically bring Mm -hmm. their organizations together?
1: Yeah. Um, I like this question because a lot of the times we fixate on the org chart and that's a piece. And I've actually seen really amazing rev ops teams that are organized with you know a CRO and by technology and strategy and enablement. I've also seen them really well organized and really successful by having specialty and marketing ops, sales ops, CS ops. So you're going to mitigate any issue with either of those processes. The people that do this really well are like, going to do the work behind the work, I kind of mm. call it. You're going to be very good at an intake process. You're going to understand what teams need. You're going to you know, kind of nail that. You're going to have a, you know, it's, it's overdone, but you're going to have a roadmap, right? You're going to know what you're working on and what you're not working on. You're going to facilitate meetings of the minds because misconception, RevOps is not the strategy behind your company. They're mm helping go to market teams with their strategy. I'm discussing with sales leaders and marketing leaders and CS leaders to define our go to market strategy. I'm not sitting in the background and coming up with it on my own. So we're facilitating those kinds of meetings. We're facilitating those kinds of conversations. We've got strong analytics that tell us, you know, where we're losing deals and where pipe is slowing down. And so we're, we're the ones that are, aligning these three teams, bringing those insights so that we can create that strategy so that we can prioritize the right work. And so it's a bit of the work behind the work.
0: Yeah. And so there's a really important idea to me in there of like, there's helping facilitate, helping enable mm-hmm. the strategy. But there is an underlying current of being a part of building that strategy because you have such deep knowledge of what's going well and what's going poorly in the business. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's
1: a portion that I think revenue operators own, which is, um, yes, they're absolutely collaborating to prioritize the work and collaborating to define, you know, what are our go-to-market channels, what might work, what might not, what tests are we doing? But there's also something that the revenue operations team typically owns, which is if you're telling me that this team is tripling, I have to be the person that identifies that our technology and processes are not going to scale to that. That is like the really big piece of of um, part of the roadmap and the, the strategy that 's necessary that I expect a great revenue operator to bring to come to the team and say we can 't do this without a new routing process, and we can 't do this without cpq or we can 't do this without rearchitecting you know our our current setup. They have to identify those because your go to market leaders typically don't
0: yeah yeah uh, i 'll be one of the first to admit i don 't know all the things that it takes behind the scenes on our systems and processes to like make any given thing actually happen, right? Like lead flows and volume of lead flows. It's a fantastic point about really giving RevOps the platform to be that expert and to advise the business. You hinted at a couple of other impacting teams, Mm -hmm. right? You're you're talking about how this flows into enabling the organization, enabling Mm -hmm. the revenue team in those conversations with customers and prospects. But also underlying, this is the finance team. Yeah. And so can you talk a little bit about how you've seen great RevOps teams be the kind of ambassador, be the individual that also brings other really critical functions in the organization into planning and overall go-to-market success?
1: Yeah. Well, I'll I'll one-up it and say product is also one that I'm, I'm hearing a lot about including. So we work with a lot of PLG companies, Zendesk, Twilio, Intercom, like, They're, they're massive and they're incredible companies. And one of the things that, that happens a lot, uh, not to name any names, but what happens a lot is, um, you will have your systems teams and your operators hear about strategy really late in the game.
0: Mm. Right.
1: And so all of a sudden there's been a lot of work done defining that. And it's like, great. We want to go live by the end of the year. It's like, well, (laughs) we have a lot of work to do. You know, we should have been planning this six months ago. And so Part of of what we want to do is make sure to insert ourselves to stay closely with the people that are making those kinds of decisions and make sure that we're we're in the conversations early. And then when we are in those conversations, it's our job to really think about all the teams that need to be included. Hmm. Uh, The PLG and PLS example, we're at the hype curve. So I use that example a lot because I think we're all living it. Um, In order to make a product-led sales play at your organization, you don't need just sales and product you need finance involved you need systems involved you need marketing involved you need cs involved it's the like it's one of those um work streams that really tell you that with without one of those we can't like we won't be able to move and deploy and so how do you have an organization move quickly and and innovate quickly Mm. if you're not Getting those teams on the same page. What ends up happening is either people are double working. So you have all those teams working on the same problem and you're wasting time and money or you do- you think you're really doing really well. And at the 23rd hour product comes in and goes, no, we just deployed something completely different or those aren't our signals or, you know, we're changing X, Y, Z. And all your work has to get thrown out. So that early alignment is extra work, and honestly, it's uh, it's a lot of meetings and it's a lot of collaboration. But you're trying to reduce double work, and you're trying to reduce having to scrap work because you didn't understand the full picture.
0: Yeah, and you know, it's the analogy is sticking with me in the back of my mind right now. Yeah, and I'm increasingly thinking about revenue operations as the 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 group that is directing the film. Mm-hmm. Right, because what I'm hearing from you is <clears throat> there's domain expertise within the RevOps that aligns to the domain expertise of silos outside of it, marketing, sales, CS. Also now what I'm hearing is like, hey, finance, because that's, that's a key part that we work a lot. Just uh, sharing insider baseball here from a G2 perspective, yeah. we work with the finance team all the time in our annual planning process to really understand like, okay, this is where we want to end next year. Well, to do that, here's what my productivity curves look like. And I either massively increase productivity, which feels like a huge stretch. And RevOps sure. is my greatest ally in telling that story of like, yeah. this is what a realistic jump could be in productivity, or we add. Right. Right. And so it's like there's that really healthy, great debate that mm-hmm. happens within there. And so like these directors that we have in the company are that one that's facilitating those domain expertise is bringing it back to the central hub and then pushing back out. So it's like, yeah, I I can see why uh, why you had the inspiration to start your company and start advising on this because I don't think folks have the perfect recipe down. Planning feels like one of the most important motions Mm -hmm. because it's not a one time a year thing, it's a always on thing. Any advice you have for the CMOs and CROs listening about, you know, what they should be doing differently in planning, what role and expectations they should be setting for their head of RevOps? Sure. To like really, really facilitate this conversation.
1: Well, I think the the first thing I would say, and this is probably advice that's very clear coming from an operator, but... Communicate early. Communicate your plans early. I think that's the best thing that you could do to set your head of RevOps for success is mm. if you know that you're going to launch an ABM program next year, uh, make sure that you're talking about what it takes to create that and make sure that you're you're giving those plans. I think that's super important. And then uh, for leaders of go-to-market teams, there is a pain in RevOps that's very real mm. that I don't overlook. If you used to have a team this is especially in marketing ops you used to have a team that was operators that would basically take whatever you prioritize and got it done and now you're looking at this new function and you're saying now i have to go get that prioritized across the organization i'm never going to get my work done mm-hmm. and that pain is real and there's wins and losses that, that come out in the wash there and i'm somebody that really believes in a in a hybrid model like marketing operations you should be able to deploy campaigns and make changes to your scoring, et cetera, without needing to be in a queue. Like there is the running of the machine that needs to be very quick. And then there's a the strategic projects that need to be prioritized. So find the right balance for there. Have the right expectations. Uh, try not to uh, hold on to your resource to fight for it. But like really think about what's the win of prioritizing across the business and then I want to work for an organization where the CMO and CRO are friends. <laughs> like, I don't, you know, I'm, I don't want to, you know, I work with organizations like this a lot, but a head of sales and head of marketing that are busy trying to figure out who brought what lead uh, is not an organization that is making strides. So go get a really tight relationship there because then your head of rev ops can actually do good work.
0: Yeah, we've talked about this on a, a couple of other episodes. Um, I, I've mentioned philosophically we're one team, one goal here, Go which it, it's really it's like we're all we're all parts of the equation that leads up to that end goal, and it's it's about shared success, celebrating wins together, um, versus trying to point at Make- no, I should get credit here and I should get credit there. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ways in which we've kind of started tackling some of this, and it sounds like you've been working with a lot of your customers as well, is in just better integrating and using the tech mm. that sits in our tech stacks today. Yeah. And I say our tech stacks, not just like as a company level, but more of like the RevTech stack, mm-hmm. the MarTech stack, the CS tech stack, and then the broader company tech stacks. Like all of that has to come together and work really well to empower this go-to-market motion. Mm-hmm. You know, from your vantage point, you get to see a lot of operating models, a lot of tech stacks. Are there really particular technologies, um, whether it's tools, specific vendors within there? Don't have to name names. You're welcome to name names. But I'm really interested for folks to walk away knowing what are some of the super interesting new technologies? And what are some of those foundational things that if you don't have it, what are you doing with your life? Yeah.
1: Okay. Love this question. Uh, one, we've talked a lot about people silos. Tech silos are real. Uh, mm. There is a lot of pain that happens because I didn't have access to XYZ number or report or I wasn't enabled in it. That has nothing to do with how teams work with each other. Uh, reps not having access to usage data in a really thoughtful way makes it so they can't have the best conversation with their uh, prospect or, you know, their customer. So love this. I think we're all the original tagline for Go Nimbly was unifying the business stack. So mm. that's what we wanted to do is like, how do we get all these systems talking to each other so that whoever logs into whatever product has what they need in a, in a really thoughtful way. So I would talk, talk about a couple of trends. Obviously AI has been hit over the head. So um, I won't go uh, too much into that. The only thing I will say is we're really ripe for some of the problems we've been having for a long time. Uh, like, How do we track notes in our CRM? It's a pain point for all of us, because it's not easy. I think that's ripe for us having to solve that problem in the next year. Um, How do we, um, like follow ups and all that, the SDR process and the support processes, they're going to change drastically. So if I was buying any support product today or, or any SDR platform, my demo will be like 100%. What are you doing with AI? What's your AI roadmap? Because that's changing. And then I would say the the other thing that I'm seeing younger and younger companies do is get a, a platform, like a um, having their hub be an actual database, no longer just pushing yeah. everything in a CRM. So like it used to be one source of truth was Salesforce. And now we're seeing a lot more folks just build a, a data platform, integrations, reverse ETL, and having this like much more robust system where we're pushing data in and out. So I think those two things are, are changing our tech stack and are changing how we work and, and things to look out for. Yeah.
0: One of the things that you've advocated for uh in prior conversations is like building the right plumbing, as I say it about the tech stack. Mm-hmm. Super important. Data architecture.
1: Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that before we wrap for, for yeah. today? Yeah. Uh your data model is like can really, really fuel and make you super powerful. So it's not just what data points do you need someone to see, but how you see them. So I think mm-hmm. we've all started out, I'll take a, somebody, let's let's stick with a usage uh, company or or honestly any, any usage metrics. It starts out typically with, I wanna see when the last um, XYZ happened, when the last case got submitted or when the last login happened. And we start to put all that data onto the account or the contact. And then all of a sudden we're like, well, I don't want to see the last time. I want to see how many times. Awesome. I'll get you another field. And it's like, well, I want to see if they use that feature. Awesome. I'll give you a checkbox whether or not. Well, I want to see when they did it. Okay. A date stamp. And it becomes like all of a sudden I'm Frankensteining. I'm, I'm building hundreds of fields on all these different objects. And then the marketing team comes in and has like, no, I want to know all accounts who have a login in the last 30 days. And it becomes really hard to do all that. So I would say anytime you're integrating, pro- it, it, usage is like the best example here, but anytime you're getting usage into something like Salesforce or a marketing automation platform or whatever your tech stack is, just pause and think about what you want to track and how you want to see it, whether something's one a one-time signal or something that happens multiple times, and uh, think about what you need to be raw and what you need to be actual signals in, and um Basically, a summary. Does your sales rep need to see every single time they've logged on? No. Mm -hmm. They probably need to see what percentage of users have logged in the last 30 days and on a single person, how many times. And then they really just want to see this account has a churn risk or this account has a usage spike. So, how do we think about serving that content up? It's very, very easy to do wrong. It's very easy to go point solution here and then having a refactor versus taking the time to think about the the actual architecture.
0: Nice. So what I'm hearing is <clears throat> obviously we have to put to you know to put our go to market in, in the best place possible, we have to start with some of the smallest denominators in here, like literally just data definitions, then data architecture, then the tech stack that enables that data. And then ultimately we're driving outcomes in the go-to-market that are our top priorities. So this has been fantastic. When you think about the fact that RevOps is the one that helps kind of deconstruct Mm -hmm. this process and ultimately direct an amazing picture that leads to huge success at the box office, growth in ARR. Love it. One final thought from you. As we wrap, what would be your final parting piece of wisdom for everybody that's listening in?
1: Um, When you're building a revenue operations team, you don't have to fight the battle of like, is it just sales ops? You will have a portion of your work be support. Your job is to make your go-to-market, your market go-to-market team successful. Do that work. That work is still really valid, and then work to layer in those strategic goals. The mm-hmm. how we work and become that strategic function. But you still have to keep the business running. And I think that's something that we don't all talk about. That work is still very valid.
0: Yeah, hundred percent agreed, Jen. Thank you so much for sharing all this knowledge. Uh, very much looking forward to. Uh, you know follow up conversations and sharing this with everybody thank you thank you have a fantastic day everybody